do it to myself. I know. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, Akron, Ohio. I'm Melvin Gaines. Thanks for being here this morning. It's 930. Uh, it's time to get started. We're going to get started with some music uh, as we allow people to get on with us. Uh, God Favored Me, Part 1 by Hezekiah Walker, and here it comes right now. Uh, thanks for being here this morning. God bless you all. Good morning, Ronnie. Thanks for being here. Good morning, Ann and Larry. Good morning. Thanks for being here. <clears throat> Good morning, Brother Nate. I see where you're coming from. Pearl and Walter, good morning. I can't see everybody's name, just so you know. I just, uh, it's one of the things that depends on, uh, Lynn can see stuff and I can't see and see stuff, but we sometimes both can't see the same thing. Nate, we're doing great. Uh, we're doing fantastic, we really are. Thank you for asking. God is good. And gracious. And you're always good when you have a delicious cup of coffee. Roscoe, good morning. Thanks for being here this morning. God bless you, brother. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Jackie. Everybody's jumping on early today. <laughs> That's great. Amen. 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 Hezekiah Walker is singing the truth right now. Everybody. It's a great day in the Lord today. <clears throat> For us, unbelievable August weather. As in really, really comfortable. Morning, Bev. Good lesson today, too, for coming up, everybody. Uh, I 
Amen. Jasper, good morning. God bless you, brother. Good morning, Jasper. Hope you're feeling well. Okay. This is right where it's going to cut off, so we'll take care of that right now. Um, That was Hezekiah Walker, an LFC sold out. Um, The song is God Favored Me. Uh, uh, and it's a beautiful song, of course, as you can see. And uh, yes, it is a jumbo-sized cup of coffee. You better believe it. That's right, Jackie. It, this is a requirement for me. I don't know about anybody else, but I, uh, it's something that just gets me going in the morning. And uh, I don't think I, I can't remember a morning I haven't had a cup of coffee at least before noon. Uh, it's been it's tough to think of, imagine that personally. But hey, that's it's it's a wonderful thing to have. I got a couple of announcements to make here. Thanks for being here this morning once again. We are <laughs> we uh, have a few things to announce. First of all, on a, on a more uh, serious note, please remember just to pray, pray for Pastor Gus and the elders. We we ask that you do that. We um, uh, Pastor Gus is a, is going to be home today and uh, resting. Uh, just keep him in prayer uh, that he is able to rest and uh, he's got to work with his knees. A little thing there that. Can be very problematic uh, when you're we're having trouble to keep your keep your balance and stuff like that. Um, we also want you to pray for uh, Roscoe, uh, who is online with us. Just pray for him as well too, and Brother Larry. Um, and because of all the things that they have to go through, uh, just keep them in prayer. Amen. Uh, God's healing power, God's presence, um, and we just want to keep that in mind as well too. Um, Today, uh, after Sunday school, there will be a message online for those who are not coming to Akron Alliance uh, for church. Uh, It will be a message uh, that uh, I will be presenting at church today. Keep asking, seeking, and knocking is the message that will be on the timeline uh, immediately following Sunday school. So please uh, stay tuned for that and make make a note of it. We want to always have a complete experience online if we can as far as our Sunday school and also a message of some sort for you to uh, be able to listen to. At Akron Alliance Fellowship today, we will be outside because the weather is going to be fantastic. We've got, um, uh, it's going to be in the upper 60s, near 70 degrees, uh, uh, light breeze, no chance of rain, which is the biggest part of the forecast. And it's a way for us to take advantage of the, the nice weather as we've been trying to do, we've been trying to do it all year, it's been tough to do. But this time we don't have to worry about uh, getting too hot or being out in the sun for too long or something like that. So please uh, make note. This is August the 15th, which is this is a very very unusual situation, but we're going to take it because it's going to be very helpful for those of you who are concerned about um, uh, virus and variants and things like that. If you want to wear a mask uh, when you're in close contact with someone, you can do that. Uh, there'll be pretty much a social distancing in, in place and practice because we'll suggest you use lawn chairs and sit outside your car and enjoy yourself and enjoy the time that we have doing that. Remember your tithes and offerings. Please uh, make sure that you are uh, mailing those tithes and offerings if you're not coming to church and, and we still have to run our building and take care of responsibilities for the church. The address is Akron Alliance Fellowship 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. Um, if there will be a drop box at church uh, available uh, pretty much when, we, when you arrive at church today for those of you who are coming for our service, which we have timed at 11 o'clock. And, and all I can say is that for those of uh, you who are down there, uh, make a way for me. I'm heading down as soon as I get done here and uh, save us a spot because <laughs> that's kind of how it works. Uh, we have to... Uh, be able to park and get over there and get going so uh, but thank you all for your prayers and your ongoing prayers um, and today is Liz Eves's birthday today is Liz Eves birthday so uh, uh, yes indeed uh, just uh, a hoot hoot just whoop whoop that's the proper way to do it 
uh, Liz's birthday is today, so uh, when you see her at church today, if you're able to see her, make sure you say hi to her and say happy birthday and enjoy that. Maybe some connectivity issues this morning, don't really know. I'm just kind of watching names pop up again that I've seen before. Uh, hang in there with that. I have no control over that. I don't know what's happening with that. It's just one of those things where uh, rest assured that the Sunday school uh, will all be online afterward as well, too, if you want to go back and look at something in case you think you missed something. Um, and I thank you, Bill, for your patience as we go through all of this because we've, we've looked into this and we, we recognize that there's nothing that we have any control over on this end as far as why it's not connecting properly. It may be a Facebook issue. It may be making sure you refresh your screens and all those good things. I don't know. Uh, that's that's something that uh, it, it's how you have to do before you get on, I think. That's what we kind of learned uh, doing a little bit of tweaking with it and figuring out what was happening. But hang in there, everybody. It's, uh, we do the best we can with what we got. I'm having those issues, I'm sitting right here. And, yeah, that's right, you're having, are you having issues too? You, you freeze. Oh, I freeze up? Okay, that's, yeah, that, yeah. I'm sometimes fret. What do you do? Uh, there's not much you can do. Uh, so just hang in there, everybody. Thanks for your patience. We, we'll, we'll just carry on and do the best we can with it. We've got some, a really, really timely message. There's all kinds of timeliness going on with some of these, um, uh, Sunday school lessons and messages and, and maybe it's in my own personal studies and things I'm seeing uh, in looking at other uh, resources. Uh, but it's really, really important right now for all of us to really stay focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just, um, it, it, it's fine to understand what's happening in the world today, but I'm, I'm, I cannot help but tell you and just keep telling you, the world is more about distractions than it is about information. I really believe that personally. I don't. I don't really have any. I just get that sense from the Spirit that is telling me that we need to focus on Jesus, focus on Christ, focus on what He brings to us and what He offers to us. And I'm just very convicted to keep telling you that and keep emphasizing that for as long as I can. I, I'm going to trust that you really are doing that. You, you, you really need to do that. We. Uh, there have been so many conflicting messages that have been coming out of the world that it's like, what is there to believe? What truth is there out there? What What is really happening right now? And you have to understand that Satan does not want you to be on your game and does not want you to be um, looking in such a way where you're 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 focusing on on Jesus, but focusing on all these different messages that are conflicting and don't make any sense and. You know, someone will say something two or three months ago, and it, then it comes out totally different this time around. Well, that's just confusing. There's there's nothing for us to glean onto when it comes to the world's message, but we need to be all over the Word and all into Jesus Christ. And part of our responsibility is that if we start, if we take the lesson that's coming later on about asking, seeking, and knocking, which is out of Matthew 7, 7, which we'll, we'll talk about later, you need to do some homework uh, and do some prep work. You know, it's great to ask questions of the Lord, but we need to do this homework, this prep work that is necessary, and that is be in the Word and be in the Word and studying every day because that's where you're going to find a lot of your answers to some of your questions when you're doing that very thing, and that's what we need to always keep in mind and look at when we do this. So let's get into the, the lesson today and talk about that with a little bit more detail. Uh, it's going to be uh, Hebrews. You're going to be doing, looking at Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to look at verses 14 through chapter 5, verse, verse 6. So Hebrews 4, 14 through chapter 5, verse 6. And I think it's appropriate now to just get started and get into the Word. And let's see what the Lord has to say to us today. I'm just going to pray that the Spirit is the one who's speaking, not me. Uh, but let's get it, uh, get it going here this morning. Uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time that you have set aside for us. We thank you that we're able to reach through and reach members of our church and speak to, uh, just speak to the issues at hand, speak to the word that you're providing uh, for us. And Lord, that it helps us as we move forward and be able to navigate the things that are taking place day after day. Lord, we really want this to be a daily routine where we are in your word and we are looking at what you have to say. 
we thank you for reminding us of the importance of your study, study time, looking at different resources that point directly to you. And we thank you for those promises and those reminders that you, in fact, will help us to remember those things and that you indeed keep all of your promises, including the most important one is that you have our very lives in your hands and that we can trust in you and we rely upon you. We thank you and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All righty. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14. We'll start there. And we're going to read through to chapter 5, verse 6. It's very important for us to uh, go through Hebrews very deliberately and very slowly. The uh, lesson that's being taught here, we're going to be spending a lot of time talking about Jesus Christ being the high priest. And the point of all this is that if you remember the uh, lesson here, the the letter that's being written uh, to the Jewish Christians, the Hebrews, um, ultimately is that they are that Christ is greater than the Old Testament priesthood. That's what we are conveying here. That's what's being said, because they have a point of reference. They have a point of reference based upon the old the Mosaic law, the law about priesthood and how that all comes about. And so this whole thing is being referenced here uh, when we look at this particular passage, and we're going to start getting into it. And it, this Hebrews, this theme that is going through, that is teaching these Jewish Christians, these new Jewish Christians, about who Christ is in comparison to the law, that's what we need to see here and understand. So starting at verse 14, we're going to read in the New Living Translation and cover this passage all the way to chapter 5, verse 6. So remember that. Make sure just to keep reading as we keep going as you get to the end of chapter chapter 4. Let's start then. Verse 14, Hebrews 4. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Uh, please keep that in mind. Hold firmly to what we believe this is very important as we look at this. And that's why this is a good starting place in this chapter, even though it's verse 14. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do. Yet he did not sin. Verse 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Now, chapter 5, verse 1. Every high priest is a man chosen to represent other people in their dealings with God. He presents their gifts to God and offers sacrifices for their sins, and he is able to deal gently with ignorant and wayward people because he himself is subject to the same weaknesses. That is why he must offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as theirs. Verse 4, and no one can become a high priest simply because he wants such an honor. He must be called by God for this work, just as Aaron was. That is why Christ did not honor himself by assuming he could become the high priest, become high priest. No, he was chosen by God, who said to him, You are my son. Today I have become your father. And in another passage, God said to him, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Okay. That is Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through chapter 5, verse 6. We will cover those now and go back up to the top and look at verse 14. And remember, this is, a, this is the important message and lesson for all of us. Let's just make an assumption that we are... Uh, believers who have just learned about Jesus Christ and just learning about it. And we've been trained in whatever way, shape, or form over the years until we got to this point where we recognize we are recognizing Jesus Christ as Savior. So we need to understand this and establish what's being said here by the writer of Hebrews and uh, the author of Hebrews, that Jesus Christ is indeed our great high priest. We have, he is the highest of the high priests. He is the one who is that we all look to and look directly to for this uh, life that we are living in. He is the one who is at the right hand of God. He is the one who is, has all the authority that God had placed upon him. 
So he is our high priest. And so that means we need to see, keep believing that that is indeed the truth, according to verse 14. He is superior to the priests. His priesthood is superior to all priesthoods, all priests. Um, when we talk about churches in general and pastors being the heads of churches, guess who the pastors look to ultimately for leadership? It is Jesus Christ, the high priest. There's nowhere else to be looking other than uh, Jesus Christ. You have to understand in the old Mosaic law, the way the Jews were taught, the priest was ultimately the person they would go to and have uh, dealings with when it came to sacrifices and prayers and all those things. And, but now Jesus Christ is indeed the one we need to go to and we should be going to for all of those things. We don't need to go to intermediaries. Um, we can go directly to Jesus Christ. You certainly can go up to pastor, uh, go up to a pastor and ask for prayer and and ask uh, and uh, but you can do the same thing for other people in church as well too. But ultimately, who are we all praying to? We're praying to the Lord through Jesus Christ. That is what we have to understand. He is the highest authority in the land. Um, and, of course, priests were the ones who uh, basically had the responsibility to go to the temple. They were the ones that had, to, uh, had the ability to address God personally uh, on behalf of the nation. But it's all changed now. We know that when we look at Leviticus 16. We see that. But Jesus is our mediator. He is the one who mediates uh, for us. Um, and we don't need to go through anyone else to do that. That's what I'm emphasizing here. Um, we we want to make sure that we're doing, uh, we are being respectful of those who are in authority in the church because the elders of the church pray for the members of the church. They pray about them, and, and it should be our responsibility to pray for everyone in the church. Uh, does that make sense? We, we, we should be praying for everyone because we go directly to who? Our high priest, Jesus Christ. He is the one who... Uh, we'll hear all those prayers, we'll recognize those prayers, we'll act on those prayers, we'll provide healing for those prayers. We don't need to go through a priest in a temple. We can go directly to him because Jesus is our great physician. He is our great healer. He is our sanctifier. He is the one that we look forward to his return. He, he's, the one, he's the one that we go directly to. Um, he is our Savior. He is our Lord and Savior. and That's who we, need, should, be, we should be going to. So, Jesus has more authority than the Jewish high priest did. That's what the Jews were learning because he is truly God and because he can relate to us when he came to earth. He was truly a man. He was truly a man. So he did that to become much more relatable to us as his creation, as we can see it. I mean, did he have to do it? Well, he did it because he was uh, God gave him the responsibility and the ability to do that very thing to become that sacrifice for us because he loves us so much he came to earth and lived as we lived and did the things that we do except sin and, and that's the important thing to point out here uh, in verse 15 he did all those things and understands all of our weaknesses faced all those testings but he did not sin that's the distinction between him and us and we readily recognize that. We, we all have sinned personally and fall short of God's glory. But because Jesus Christ can relate to us, he forgives us the moment we repent and turn to him and look to him. He immediately forgives us of our sin. And praise the Lord for that and praise the Lord some more. Because we have racked up sin in our lives much more than we want to admit or care to admit. But God knows all about it knows all about us, knows all about our tendencies, knows all, all about our behaviors. And I am very thankful for his forgiveness, his intercession. So when we look at verse 14 once again, um, the high priest would go before God only once a year, which I, I had forgotten about that. They only went before the Lord once a year. But Christ, we can go to Jesus anytime we want, all times of day, of night. And night, 24-7, you're never going to wear him out with your prayers. You're never going to wear him out. But we want to talk about how we come, come to the Lord, too. We'll get to that when we get to verse 16 and look at that a little bit more closely. But he always is available to hear us whenever we pray. And that's the wonderful thing we have about our Lord and our Savior, that he is always available. Back to verse 15 again. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do 
but yet he did not sin. And so it's important for us to see that, yes, he didn't sin, but he recognizes what temptation is. He recognizes what those things are. He knows what sin is because he's obviously familiar with it based upon what people have done. And when it, and when it came to contradicting his word or not being obedient to him, of course he knows what it is, but it doesn't mean that he per- participated in it. You, you actually can know about something and not participate in it, everybody. You, you do recognize that, right? You, you, you can know about something and know that you don't need to test it out. You, you know if you put your hand in a flame, you're going to burn your hand. So you don't need to test that out, right? It's something that's very obvious. That's, that's the kind of the same thing with Jesus and sin. He didn't have to partake in sin to know what it is. But he recognizes what it is. He knows that it's something that because we're in a fallen world, we have had to deal with that. We've had to recognize it. But he understands it completely. And we need to be encouraged by the fact that Jesus knows about temptation because he was tempted. We know, we know about that passage in Matthew. We know that he was tempted right after that baptism. Uh, that took place uh, before everyone to see that he was tempted by Satan and you don't need to succumb to that temptation you can resist it you can fight it and what was the way that Jesus fought that temptation what did he do he just quoted the words of God he quoted God's word he went back to the word he went specifically to the word and that is how you deal with it the word is truth this is what I mean about this prep work that we need to be doing as believers if we're going to go ask the Lord for something, if we're going to seek him and, and ask him and, and, and keep knocking on the door, the prep work that we can do as believers is reading his word, staying in his word and studying it, because that's going to be much more helpful over time as you start looking at it more and more. What you're going to find happening when you do that is that the Holy Spirit is going to be giving you remembrance now of what you've been reading. The more you read it, he will have that stuff stick in your mind. It'll be there for you to recall, and you'll be able to use that information when it comes time. And even when you're speaking to other people about God's Word, there'll, there'll be verses that'll come to mind, and you'll be able to recall them. It'll be a wonderful thing. You'll know that the Spirit is teaching you and giving you what you need to function. So we, we need to understand that we have the ability to resist temptation because Jesus Christ is our example for that. He is our, our living example. He is the living God. He's the living word. He helps us with these things. And when we are tempted, we can resist that temptation by just turning away from it, going back to the word, and staying in the word. Challenge yourself with something here, and, and, and this will be a challenge that I'll give to myself as well, too. Whenever you're tempted, uh, you've got your Bible on your phone. You've got your Bible handy. Open it. Look at it. Uh, be in the word. You know, it's... It's amazing how many people I observe all the time uh, that uh, their necks, it looks like their necks are going to be down like this all the time because guess what they're doing? They're looking at their phones. They're always looking at their phones about something. It might be Instagram. It might be Facebook, the very medium we're on right now. It might be Twitter. Um, Twitter is not that great these days anyway, but uh, whatever it is, they're, they're enraptured with what's on their phone. Well, I want to challenge you as a believer the moment temptation hits or the moment you feel that you need to get into the Word, open your phones up, and if you're going to spend time on your phone, and open up the Bible on your phone and start reading it and looking at it. It doesn't have to be a daily reading, but just start reading it. I guarantee you, when you do that, guess what God's going to do? He's going to remind you of His goodness. He's going to remind you of where He is and that He's ever-present. He's going to help you through those moments of temptation. And I'm going to challenge myself to do the very same thing. I think that's a great way to if since our our bibles are right in our hands our bibles are right in front of us it'll help us it's god's living word it's jesus christ speaking to you uh it's just a way for us to avoid all kinds of issues and problems we need to really be focused on that so i challenge you to do that because he is without sin he is our example he gives us what we need um and thanks for putting that verse up, too, about Acts 17, because we'll be talking about that later, too. It, 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 it's all about testing out the word. These are all about the questions of asking, seeking, and knocking, right? That's what we need to be doing. Now, let's go back to Hebrews 4.16. So let us come boldly to, our, to the throne of our gracious God. We go right to the throne where he is. There he, we will receive his mercy 
and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So I mentioned before about prayer and, and that we can pray at any time. Uh, we can go to the Lord and go to him 24-7. Amen? We, we, this is something that the, Jewish, the, the Jews could not do in the old priesthood. They had to wait. Um, they had to, of course, do what they were supposed to do to be obedient to the Lord, but you understand how that could be a, a system that you're going to run into trouble if you can only approach the priest once a year. Um, that's something that we have to keep in mind here. But we can approach God any time. And we are to come to the throne boldly. Uh, that word is emphasized, boldly. We don't need to be meek. We, we, some can approach meekly, and I understand why they do, because if they feel like they've been, uh, they're guilty, they feel guilt because of their own sin, they are going to be very humble about their approach, and I got that. Um, and others are pretty flippant about prayer, and, and I think that that's a danger. No one should be flippant about prayer. Prayer is something to be taken very seriously because if you don't take prayer seriously, then you're, taking, you're not taking your communication with the Lord very seriously. And so that's a development issue. That's, a, that's something that's very prideful. It's like, Lord, I know you're there, but you know, I really don't need you. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. So here's, I'm going to throw a prayer or two at you and you know, I have a nice day. Oh, that's a very flippant thing to do. And, and I, I know that no one is exactly doing it. <laughs> no one is... No one is exactly saying it like that, but listen, it's the context of what you're saying and how you're praying. If you're just doing it as a checkbox item every day, just as you're treating your reading uh, as a checkbox item, that's the wrong approach. Always is the wrong approach. Uh, you should be going to the Lord and going to him in prayer with humility, but you, and you come with reverence. Why? Because he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. You come to him because he is the king of kings and lord of lords, and you do so with reverence. You do so understanding that you're praying to your creator, the one who you, you give credit to your very existence. That's who you're going to. And so your prayer should be exactly in that manner. You come with reverence because he's your king. But you also come to him recognizing if you study his word enough, you know that he's also your friend. He's also your counselor. Who will we refer to as the counselor uh, in, the, in the word? It's the Holy Spirit. Who will we refer to, refer to as a friend in scripture? Jesus Christ, the one who died on the cross for us. Um, there's no greater love for a person than that person who lays down his life for his friends. That's who we are to Jesus Christ. So that's how we should come to the Lord, but we do so with reverence and understand that those things as well, too, because um, understand he forgives us of our sin, and we're condemned without his forgiveness. So we need to understand all of those things, that there is a point of uh, reference here. If you go back to Scripture and read it, you'll find those references, but you have to be in the Word to see those things. All right, let's drop down to uh, chapter 5, verse 1 to keep things moving along. Every high priest is a man chosen to represent other people in their dealings with God. Now, this is where we're going to talk about, uh, again, the context of what Hebrew, the Hebrews, uh, the, uh, the Jewish Christians recognize about the high priest and the Mosaic law. So we're going to state some facts here in this uh, section here to help us to have greater understanding. Every high priest is a man chosen to represent other people in their dealings with God. He presents their gifts to God and offers sacrifices for their sins. And he is able to deal gently with ignorant and wayward people because he himself is subject to the same weaknesses. That's the priest himself. The priest himself is a human being. So he certainly understands that, but he can deal gently with them because these people have been appointed. That's what we need to understand, and we'll look at that later. Verse 3, that is why he must offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as theirs. The, the high priest or the priest that's the chosen uh, in the respective areas that they were going to, uh, he has to ask for forgiveness for his own sins because he's a human being too. I mean, that alone is a distinction between Jesus Christ and the priests that uh, are being talked about here in Hebrews because Jesus did not have to go to uh, ask for forgiveness for his sins because there were no sins that he was to be forgiven for. He was sinless. But the priests sinned too. So verse 4 and no one can become a high priest simply because he wants such an honor. He must be called by God for this work, just as Aaron was. 
Um, that is why Christ did not honor himself by assuming he could become high priest. No, he was chosen by God. So we'll stop there for a moment and cover this section about uh, how Christ was divinely appointed by God to do what he was called to do. The high priests, the priests were also appointed by God. We, we always, something comes to mind right now that is, is very important for us to understand. Pastors of all churches should be called by God. That is an, uh, a 100% unequivocal statement. They must be called by God to lead the church. That is essentially the equivalent of the priest that we're referring to here in the, uh, in the old Mosaic law. But the pastor must be called by God. If the pastor is not called by God, can you imagine what would happen in that church? You would have uh, more of a worship of a human being than it would be of the Jesus Christ himself. And I wish I could say that that's never happened, but there are a lot of churches that you may even know of where the worship was not about Christ at all, but the worship was about the person leading that church. I am not going to name names. No names, please. Uh, but there are many names in recent history and many names in history in our own lifetimes that we can recall where that indeed probably was the, was the case. Or if, in fact, that person was chosen by God, they went away from the truth and went away from their teaching, went away from their calling, and took it upon themselves because they lacked humility uh, and they became more full of themselves, that they became more like the head of the church rather than Christ being the head of the church. And I say this with all due respect uh, to everyone listening and paying attention. It is not about tearing anybody down because that's why no names are being mentioned. But the reality is, is that if you're a pastor, if you're in charge, if you're in leadership, you should be called by God for the very reasons that we just mentioned because ultimately... God is the one who is to be glorified. He is the one that is to get the credit. He is the one to get the praise for all that we do. Uh, because all of us as pastors or whoever we are, we're all human beings too. We need the Lord. We need, we need the Lord's help to do what we do just as much as you need the Lord's help to do what you're doing. So we recognize all of those things as being very important. Now, in back in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 4, um, the writer is stressing that Christ did not choose himself or did not honor himself. God had to choose him. And there's a couple of Old Testament verses that show Christ's divine appointment. I'm not going to go to them because they will take a little bit more time. But Psalm 2, Psalm chapter 2, verse 7 is one of them. And Psalm 110, verse 4. Psalm 2, verse 7. And Psalm 110, verse 4. Those are references to Christ's divine appointment. He was appointed by God. And those are uh, verses that you can look at. I'm, I'm going to trust my wife is even putting them on the timeline for you to look at. And take a uh, 110 verse 4. And so that you can look at these and understand that uh, Christ was divinely appointed. But we also recognize, too, that in the Old Testament, God chose Aaron to be the priest. Remember, Aaron was selected by God to be the priest. And only Aaron's descendants could be high priests in, the, uh, in that country, in that area. Um, so Christ, like Aaron, was chosen and called by God. But, of course, we recognize that Christ being selected by God and Aaron being selected by God is the same principle. They're both leaders. They're both in charge. They are in charge of the, uh, the people. And that's what's very important for us to see as well here, too. But Christ was the one who was honored by God. He was lifted up by God. He was the one who became uh, that high priest because God bestowed that uh, honor upon him. So if we continue reading in verse 5, that is why Christ did not honor himself by assuming he could become high priest. No, he was chosen by God who said to him, You are my son. Today I have become your father. And then verse 6, it says, And in another passage, God said to him, You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now, to emphasize this priesthood thing and make sure that we understand it in the context of what was being taught, 
Let's look real quick at Melchizedek, and, and, and that's something that he comes and goes so quickly in Genesis when Abraham has the encounter with him. But there are some things that we can point to to look at about who Melchizedek is and who he represents and what he represents. First of all, um, just for the sake of doing this quickly, and I would challenge you also to go to resources to go look up uh, who Melchizedek is and, and get your own reading of it. But he essentially, if you look at the name Melchizedek, he is actually, it actually represents the name King of Righteousness. King of Righteousness. And he was the King of Salem. Now, if you look at the word Salem, you might pick up on the fact that he, Salem is actually the, the shortened name for Jerusalem. Um, so it, it's interesting that uh, he was actually this encounter that Abraham had with uh, the King Melchizedek. This was after Abraham had won a battle and had uh, had conquered uh, enemies, and as he was passing through, he went to this through this area, this town, and he was greeted by this king. He was greeted by King Melchizedek, and he indeed was, in fact, referred to in Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 through 20, as the priest of the Most High God. He was a priest. Now, understand something that's very unusual here. This was before all of this priesthood thing was established. You know, this came after, well after Abraham. This was in the time of Moses when we started seeing the establishment of priesthoods. So the fact that he was a re reference as a priest of the Most High God, and the other thing that's interesting about him, there's no reference to him actually having a genealogy or anything to do with any predecessors or people to come after him. So if you put two and two together and you look at this Melchizedek probably was based upon what we understand that we can best understand a, an incarnation of the living Christ and and so that's where we kind of leave it because this is referenced in scripture that he doesn't have any other people to come before or after him in his genealogy and his in some timeline you don't hear about any heirs or anything like that coming from him uh, because we tie it back to his being in the form of Christ. And what did Abraham do when he saw Melchizedek? He uh, was moved to bow down and look to him uh, and, and also give him a tenth of what he had secured, uh, basically a tithe. Uh, he was actually doing something that was going to set the standard for what would happen in the future with the priesthood. So it's very important for us to see the relevance here of Abraham's exposure to this uh, royal priesthood through the form of the high priest Melchizedek. And he bestowed a blessing on Abraham in the name of uh, El Elyon, which is, if you know about those different names of God, God Most High. And he did give praise to God for giving Abraham the victory in battle. That that's something that's very important for us to see here what his role was and what Melchizedek represents and yeah Hebrews if we go further on in Hebrews we would look in chapter 7 it says that Melchizedek uh, was without a father or mother or without a genealogy without a beginning of days or end of life very specifically referring to none other than Jesus Christ that is what we need to see as a important uh, point here so now remember he's being first mentioned here in chapter 5 verse 6 Melchizedek and he'll be mentioned further as we go further into this study and we'll keep looking at this we'll be mentioning him again next week and we're going to keep talking about it that's why this is a fascinating study but I look at Hebrews honestly as a sermon I really do it's just a sermon that just keeps building and building because the points are being raised and we're starting to get into subject matter now to give us greater understanding of the relevance of who Christ is. And it's coming through this teaching now about who Melchizedek is and his interaction with Abraham. It's just a fascinating study to look at. And that's there's much more to come here. But I, I just challenge you that this is what I mean about making sure that we as believers uh, are doing our homework, doing our own study making sure that we're in the Word and really looking at this thing really closely and not just this superficial reading. You know, we if you're reading the Bible superficially, if you're just kind of reading it just for the sake of reading it, you're missing the whole point. It, check boxes. Yeah, you're just doing the checkbox thing all over again. That's exactly right. You're just not, 
doing what you need to do. You've got to be in the Word. And so I'm. my challenge to you, and it's always going to be my challenge to you, is just to be in the Word maybe even more than you are now and just keep studying and keep reading and, and just keep looking at these things. You should want to have a heart for God in such a way where you want to know more without being compelled by someone to tell you to go to the Word. And I, and I, I, I can't stress that enough. You, you should want to have a hunger and a desire to learn more about who this Jesus is. That is what this whole premise of asking, seeking, and knocking represents. You should want to know more about who he is in the life that you're living right now. Especially as crazy as things are in the world today, why would you stay fixed on these things that just stir up confusion and strife and anxiety? You have an escape hatch for all of this, and that's getting in the Word, getting before the Lord in prayer, getting down on your knees, getting prostrate before Him and speaking to Him about what's happening right now. Lord, what would you have me do today? What would you have me do right now? And approach him with boldness with these questions because that's what he is challenging you to do. He is telling you to do these very things. This is what we all need to be doing. We certainly need to be praying for ourselves as far as our health is concerned, which is you pray for that dome of covering. You pray for that dome of protection. You pray for your family members for the same thing. You pray for your church. You pray for the church members, the people that come to mind in your church. You're praying for them as well, too. When you get before God, get before him and really get into this this thing about prayer and what it means and what it represents. Lord, I want to see, see and hear your truth today. I don't want to see anything that's going to cause me confusion. I don't want to be part of any of that. I don't want to be the one to spread confusion. I don't want to be the one to... Uh, give unnecessary uh, words uh, that will just share anxiety with others. I don't want any part of that. I don't want anything to do with that. I want to be the one that shares your goodness. I want to be the share that shares your peace. I want to be the one that shares your goodness. I want to be the one who gives everyone who I come in contact with, with uh, an essence or a picture of who you are just from the words that are spoken. I don't want to assume any thing that's uh, responsibility as far as being looked to as some sort of a great person because I know that I have to look to you for that uh, you're the one that makes me great you're the one that makes me uh, you're the one that makes me whole you're the one that fulfills me you're the one that keeps me you're the one that I trust you're the one that I rely upon as I go about day after day uh, this is who I want to look to you must take this approach and you must take this approach every day I, I know I've been a little bit long-winded I, I just wanted to share that um, basically because we need to see that the studies that we're doing here almost to the T every day are pointing us directly to Jesus Christ as our focus, not to the world. The world is going to be the world. The world's going to do what the world does. Remember, the world hates Jesus Christ. The world does not have a uh, the, the things that we look at. You can look at it even in media today. You can see it. The world hates Jesus Christ. They don't want... They don't necessarily care about other religions being proclaimed out there. They'll, they'll look at every other religion, but when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to Christ, that's the religion to hate, everybody. That's the popular religion to go after. And, pardon me? According to them. According to them, exactly. That's what the world believes. The world, the world does not want Christ. The world does not want to accept Christ. We need to pray for those individuals who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. And pray for them that the Holy Spirit breaks through on those individuals. You know the Holy Spirit speaks to everyone and has spoken to everyone, but some people either accept the knowledge of Christ through that speaking or some reject it. We need to pray for those individuals who are rejecting it and keep praying for them. Don't ever stop praying, everybody. That's one thing to keep in mind here. Okay, so the takeaways here again for today, just to make sure that we're, we're covering this and covering it accurately, that... The, the whole discussion here is about Christ being greater than the Old Testament priesthood. That's what the, the lesson in Hebrews is teaching to uh, the Jewish Christians. So hold firmly to what we believe is the emphasis here, especially in the beginning in chapter 4. What you believe, hold on to it. Don't let someone talk you out of it. Don't let someone convince you otherwise. 
and that we recognize that Jesus Christ did not choose himself to be high priest. God chose him. Just as he chose Aaron, anybody else in responsibility, just as he chooses pastors and leadership, God has to be the one who makes those choices. If anything less is happening, then God is not in it. We need to understand that. So we have to recognize that Jesus Christ was indeed the high priest chosen by God. And he spoke directly to God. Remember it says here in verse 5, You are my son, today I have become your father. And he also said, You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And we'll look at that a little bit more as we continue the study in Hebrews. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've set aside for us. We thank you again for your loving kindness, your mercy, your grace. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for loving us for who we are. And loving us for who we are does not mean that God wants us to stay where we are. He wants us to continue to grow through the power of the Spirit, through the sanctification uh, of the Spirit in our lives where we just grow more and more close to you, Lord. That's what we want. That's what we want to do. We want to be closer to you in all aspects of our lives. Lord, when we deal with temptation, help us to stop and recognize where it's coming from. It's not coming from you, but just to open up your word and look to you and focus on you. We thank you for that, too. Lord, bless us and keep us at this time. Bless our church. Bless the people of our church. Bless our pastor. Bless the elders. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for teaching us each day. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks, everyone. Thanks for being here. I am going to head on down to Accra now and get ready for uh, a message. Uh, we invite you to stay online after Sunday school to look at the message online. Um, keep asking, seeking, and knocking. Thanks for being here today. God bless you all. You take care of yourselves, and uh, have a blessed day, everybody. We'll see you.